Welcome to the first episode ever of Punch Radio. What is punch? It's exactly that. We pack a punch, but we are a punch. A heady brew of all things mixed to perfection that will quench your thirst for the nerdy news. In the studio tonight, we have Tony Antonek, the collector, our toy expert. We've got Kathy Pengeli. She can bench press more than the rest of our crew combined. And we have Brennan Risling, a.k.a. The Riz, a.k.a. Major Party, who is an expert in the city on comics and the music scene. We're going to lead things off with Tony because there's big Star Wars news, yeah? There is. I'm pretty excited. Uh, They call me the collector for a reason. That's because I like to collect Star Wars. That's pretty much my thing. And in the new Vanity Fair, there is a article about the new Star Wars. Do tell. Uh, well, I hate to say this, but I'm not really a big Vanity Fair reader. Um, we did have a subscription that we were, um, let's say, getting for free for a while, for whatever reason, at our place that came, and eventually it was stopped. But because of that, I started finding out about these magazine articles, Vanity Fair articles about Star Wars. They've been doing it since 1999 with episode one. And Anna Leibowitz goes out and she's actually on the set and she's the first one to bring information about the new Star Wars movies. So finally hit the shelves. It actually was on the internet like months ago and uh, I finally was able to pick one up and they're hard to find. I was at three different places looking for the covers and I was only able to find it at one place. So uh, it's exciting for me because I love the Star Wars. They have a lot of awesome pictures. They're showing a lot of things that are happening with the new movie and uh, it's it's interesting to see uh, you know the, the background information that they're showing in the deserts. They're showing all kinds of things that are, it's interesting to me because you know you don't get to see this stuff until after the DVD comes out. And so in this, in this case, I was pretty excited to actually see some of the back, the back stuff. So you get the fan inside scoop. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But there's nothing that they don't give anything away really because they'll give away if there's a few characters and things like that. They, there's some, there's really no, nothing happened. The only thing that actually that came out that was um, anything that's supposed to be like juicy is uh, C-3PO comes out and he actually says the lines, um, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to spoil it. He said some lines. I know, yes. No spoilers. He Come on some, here. Hold he, on. No, no, no. He says some lines. <laughs> he says some lines, and it's supposed to be like what the major, like a, a big thing that happens that changes C-3PO. So I, I won't get into it, but it is pretty exciting for me anyway. So the trailer came out back in uh, Chicago, uh, the big fan expo, which was amazing. If you haven't seen that, you should see this, and then you should pick up this magazine or pick it up online and read it for free, actually. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So not really that much to report then. Well, there's lots to report. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots to report. Okay, so basically the uh, the it's in Wadi Rum, which is uh, southern. It's in southern Jordan, um, and you know what? Uh, they're using green screens outside in the desert. So now they're not just shooting in the desert. Now they're using green screens, and I guess one of the reasons they say that is J.J. Uh, Abrams. He uh, likes to do that so we can actually get the feel of the of the being outside instead of having to build this in the uh, studio. But I love CG and I think episode one with the CG was amazing. So I'm all for having just CG movies. Disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. Okay, well actually that's a good segue because Kathy, you wanna talk about a show that's coming up like super, super soon, launches next week and they use some effects, but for the most part, they pretty much use practical effects. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of CG in it. Also, um, I'm talking about Stranger Things, which drops on Netflix July 4th. Um, has everybody seen it? I think, uh, yes. I think, I think yes. the first three were pretty... Oh, the first two, was it just two that they came out with? Two yes. seasons. Yeah, two, two seasons, seasons so good, far, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this year, they, they're going up in chronological order. Like uh, the first year, was, or first season was 1983, then 1984. This year's 1985. Um, best year ever. Year best was, year ever. Best year I was born. <laughs> um, I like this year because in 1985, um, I was doing things like the people um, on the show. There's... Um, is there like a, like they're actually do like you've seen like there's a way to actually see this right now? You've actually seen trailers. Oh, there's yeah. trailers. There's oh, okay. trailers that have come out. Um, they show the kids at the mall um, wow. doing it, doing other 1985 things. Um, in past seasons, they've shown uh, like clips of, of movies that were in that time era, you know, like they, the kids dressed up as Ghostbusters Um well, they're playing D and D. They're playing D and D. There's lots of references to pop culture of that time, and since some of us in this room were actually their age at that time, it feels really relevant. What What to are me. they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing in 1985? Are they going to roller skating places? <gasps> I didn't see roller oh, skating. Roller in skating there. would be good. What else was 85? <laughs> uh, video games, if it's just some arcade. V- yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some arcade. Yeah. Yeah. The, the kids are getting yeah. jobs. They're working yeah. in the mall, uh, scooping yeah. ice cream. Which is a good segue to the next thing I wanted to mention. So with Star Wars, like your yes. your thing that you talked about, um, Disney is a marketing genius um, and they're known for that. I was surprised at all the things that uh, Netflix has coming out to promote Stranger Things, though. Well, wait a minute. They're actually promoting it with things like, like okay, like, like chips and things? New Coke. What? Oh, new Coke. Wow. A new Coke. New Coke. Coke. Stranger yeah. Things Coke. Wow. Yeah. They're bringing back the 1985 failure. New Coke. No. Yes. They're bringing back new Coke. They're bringing back new Coke. That was not a failure that just didn't get marketed properly. It was amazing. We're gonna, <laughs> well, now it's so, going to get marketed really well. It's so exciting. I can't wait. New yeah. Coke's coming back. Um, One of my favorite cross promotions ever was when Star Wars came out like uh, episode one because then we hadn't had one for a really long time and on the marquee at Burger King it just said Star Wars like not like get a free Star Wars toy with the prayer you know with a whatever it was just Star Wars <laughs> so that means anything could happen it's just all Star Wars everywhere so guess what Burger King's doing for Stranger Things the upside down Whopper. Nice. <laughs> so basically, it's the Whopper. They just turn it upside down and they give it that to you. That is so yeah. crazy. 1985 was awesome. That's so awesome. So Lego has uh, come out with a, uh, a set that's the upside down also. You build two things of the, the house, the kid's Ooh. house. Um, one version that's in the upside down and one version that's the regular and it's sandwiched together and you can flip it upside down. I've, I've seen that. I have a, a friend who actually owns that but hasn't built it yet because they're uh, they're saving it because they think it's going to be worth a lot of money one day. Do you think no. that's the case? No, we just haven't so? had time to build it. You just haven't had time to build <laughs> yeah. it? Okay, because I know you own it. I know, Kathy, I yeah. know you own this Lego but you haven't built it. So Okay, yeah. here's, a, here's a question for both of you since you're a collector and you're a Lego aficionado 
Auto. Like, how on the speculators market, like, how much can Lego be worth? Is it actually worth not cracking the box and not building this stuff? Um, in some cases, we, um, yeah. I'm a collector and I buy a lot of Lego because I, I feel that there could be dollar value. Now, I don't sell my products that I buy, I buy things and I don't sell them, but yeah. Some things will. The thing about Lego, though, is it actually it's a fairly easy turnover to sell things when you buy it, and most people do actually make their money back as to what. So you can buy something, I've, certain items anyway, certain product you can buy Lego wise, and then you can build it and then sell it once it's built, and they, it still you know brings brings money into it. Like that's an amazing thing. I think it's kind of like gold, because it's awesome and it's exciting, and you can build it uh, like gold in the sense you can go out and you can find it. <laughs> See, it's the same type of thing. You could find a gold or you could build Lego. It's the same, right? No. Uh, my sure. financial advisor said that um, it is um, in some years, Lego investments, like buying and reselling Lego, um, outperforms like his investments. Yeah. Yeah. So then that's your investments, is what you're saying. Well, <laughs> yes. If you don't open it and build it, but I like to open it and build it. No, but like, I mean, like your investor that you're investing with says that. Oh, Lego yeah, is, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Gotcha. A new investor. He's yeah. telling you he's doing a bad job. You should just stay home and play with your toys. <laughs> yes. Yeah, gotcha. Your toys. Gotcha. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, um, we're going to take a little break and tune in to uh, Craig and Chris. The two of them got together and uh, they discussed some of the big movies that are coming out over the next couple of months, big shows that uh, you should definitely put on your radar. So we're going to listen to their recommends while they do that. And then we'll be back with more nerdy news. Don't panic. We've taken control of the radio. This is uh, Craig Siliphant and uh... Craig is here with uh, the one and only Hank for our very first uh, segment together yes. on Punch Radio. Punch Radio. Exciting stuff. I know. I can wear my pajamas now. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's true. He is. He is wearing his pajamas right now. They've got little cowboys on them. Thank you. Yeah, They're very cute. Thank you. Uh, so uh, what do we got planned today? We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some upcoming uh, movies in the next couple of months, I guess, that yeah. we would be excited uh, to see. So I know you have a list. I, uh, I have a... A more confusing list on my phone here, but uh, let's just uh, jump right in then. So I've I mean, got a, I've got a few goodies here. Uh, first thing, the the live action Lion King, Mufasa. Ooh, you, you're excited about that one? I'm excited about it. But question for you: What does reimagining mean when they talk about movies? It's a reimagining of the original Lion King. <laughs> it's a good question. So what does that mean to you? Because once I read that, I'm like, oh, we were gonna reimagine stuff. Well, a reimagining to me means it's like not necessarily following the story like beat for beat from the original or anything like that. That they've, uh, you know, are they gonna mess it up? You know, like Jason in space. Is a reimagining of like Friday the Thirteenth or whatever. Yeah. Like that that could be a pretty vast different. Uh, here's an interesting question for you. Like, uh, obviously, there's a lot of people that get quite upset about the state of movies right now and all the sequels and reboots and all those kind of things. And especially in terms of Disney making, uh, well, I won't call this a live action version because there, I don't think there's I don't, really I don't any human characters, yeah. so it's all still animation. But but you know what I mean. The the uh, updating to more current animation from the classics. I don't particularly care uh, if you make a good movie. I, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter to me. It could be the as fifth long as version of this movie. Reimagining it the right way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all that matters. So, uh, so, but what do you think? About, what do you feel about that phenomenon? 
I um, uh, am scared because uh, now Disney, if they think about it, well, they can make movies for... They don't have to make another original movie if they don't want to. They right. can just go back and just now reimagine well, every movie they've ever made. And then by and, the time you get through the cycle again, it's like, say, the year's 2043... Now it's the third reimagining oh, yeah. of the Lion King. Because they've got all this new technology now to make it even better. Yeah, now like, the lion's in your living room because of the, the, the chip in your oh, brain stem. Mufasa in my yeah. living room. <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, how about, okay, so that movie is coming out uh, July 19th. Now July 26th, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Are you into his films? Are you excited? Uh, I'm definitely excited. It's funny because I've been talking with a lot of other like movie nerds lately about Tarantino, and he's sort of becoming more and more and more self-indulgent with every film. Uh, and they're all like, you know, like something like Hateful Eight. It still has merit for a lot of reasons. I'm sure there's people that like that movie mm-hmm. even. But to me, it's like there's probably an hour and a half of like good movie in a three hour three hour movie epic tale uh, and stuff yeah, yeah even Django Unchained and I do like Inglorious Bastards but again there's like there's chunks of that movie where it's just like he 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 needs someone around him that's not a yes man so I'm interested to see when he's going to turn that corner and if it'll be with this movie or if it'll just be sort of more like Quentin Tarantino you know his ego mm-hmm. writing the movie more than him. Um, do you remember uh, how long his movies were when he started? Were they a standard hour and a half or two uh, hours? Well, I think Reservoir Dogs was probably, yeah, like, like between an hour and a half and an hour and 45 minutes. And like slowly as time, but they just get yeah. longer and yeah. longer and longer. Yeah, yeah, Jackie Brown was a little longer, I yeah. think, but it's like, you know. But yeah, the last few he did, there's a good 20 to 30 minutes they could have got rid of. Yeah, lots for of sure. Um, you went to uh, Dora the Explorer, Dad? I am not... Do you know? And I saw the trailer that for on it. July July thirty first, Dora is now a teenager, a real human teenager with still a monkey named Boots. Weird. So who's that supposed to like gold? Or is that supposed to appeal to kids that were five just a few years ago and now they're thirteen? My daughter's nine and she said, "Dad, we have to go see this okay. movie." Well, I'm there like, you go. Uh, okay, do we have to? <laughs> do we have to? But I, it looks better than the cartoon because I'm like, sure. if I have to hear about a map and a swiper swiping things anymore, I, I don't know. Yeah, thankfully my son that. didn't really get into that stuff, but I, it's definitely I've like heard it in the background before and it's annoying. It's like, please stop, yeah. please. Um, what about uh, Hobbs? And Shaw, you into the Fast and Furious 32 movie franchise? Uh, no, I don't think I'm really excited. I mean, I think I would watch this one on home video or, you know, I might go to the theater if we just end up going to it. But uh, I think they they started out very poorly, those movies. And I think it was number five. They kind of they had a reimagining where they, they uh, decided they were in on the joke and they were going to play it to the hilt. And so it was like maybe five and six of that series were really fun. And then, I don't know, like to me, maybe they've... I'm over it now. What if I said a cyber genetically enhanced anarchist played by Idris Elba? Well, I'd be a little more uh, excited about that. That Idris uh, Elba, he really boils my potato. Yeah. Yeah, Bam. and mashes mine. I don't know what that <laughs> means. Uh, the Nightingale from the writer and director of The Babadook. Oh, August that could be second. cool. Like, do we have to say anything more? No. Like, you like the I would definitely, duck, right? oh, yeah, yeah, I'd be definitely in with that one. Uh, in fact, while we're talking about that one, and did you have something else to say about it? No, keep going. I'm just I was going to say, the, like, we I, should I also mention, uh, I'm going. this is on July 3rd, so I think we missed this date, but uh, mid, 
Midsummer from Ari Aster. Who, oh yeah, coming out right away. Yeah, who directed Hereditary. So mm-hmm. that yeah, it's in the next like week or two. Uh, I'm definitely really excited to see that one, and it's been getting some pretty amazing uh, reviews. So maybe, far. maybe you should tell people what it's about. Uh, you know what? I don't. I didn't even read what it was about uh, on purpose. Oh, so I can go That's in. That's like as, I did about the Nightingale. I don't want to know about right. it. Right, it's no Babadook. I'm yeah, going. I don't know what that one's about either. Right, I'm going. Um, have you heard of uh, Good Boys coming out August 16th? I have not. Uh, the guys that made uh, like Super Bad and stuff. So it's produced by Seth Rogen right. and uh, whatever his buddy's name is there. But this time uh, it's um, Gold or Gold? three sixth grade boys ditch school and go on an epic adventure while carrying uh, accidentally stolen drugs being hunted by teenage girls and trying to make their way home for this long-awaited party. So to me, it's one of those uh, end-of-high-school type movies, except now they're in grade six. Right. But it's said on the poster that it's rated R. So in the States, so that'd be, what, a 14A here? Yeah, that Maybe could be interesting, actually, because all those movies are so tied up in the tropes of, like, you know, having sex or, or drinking and finishing high school and all that. And and so you really got We're the same kind of movie. We're never each other again. But, this is our last time to go to a party. Right. And, but yeah, I remember being a, like a little troublemaker in, you know, in about grade six or seven and getting in adventures like that. Uh, so that could be interesting to take out all those high school tropes and, and center it around and like a younger group. Like I watched the trailer. It looks okay. So I'm intrigued now. Hmm. Like maybe, maybe I'll go see it. I'm intrigued. Know. I don't know. Uh, are you ready to play a game? Yep. Okay, how about uh, I read a title of an upcoming movie? Okay. For kicks, you tell me what you think the movie's about. Okay. Okay, so on August 2nd, there's a movie coming out called Piranha. It's a summer movie, so what do you think it's about? Uh, well, I'm going to have to say I'm going to go pretty obvious on this one. I mean, it's it's about a, uh, I would say, a Jaws-style movie where it's weird that there's one piranha and not multiple piranhas, but maybe it's a genetically enhanced piranha mm. that is uh, terrorizing people at a local lake during the long weekend. Or could it be a 15-year-old dude living with his mother and younger brother in Naples who dreams of being a gangster so he and his dumb friends start selling drugs, which risks the safety of their family? Uh, no, I think it's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's the title. Okay, how about uh, my favorite title uh, for the summer, The Peanut Butter Falcon? Okay, well, that's a spy movie, uh, a children's spy movie. So not, not not like Spy Kids, but more like Three Days of the Condor. But as we were talking about with the uh, Seth Rogen movie there, uh, aged down to be like a six-year-old. So like the, what is it called? The Peanut Butter Falcon? Yes. So that's the code name that the kids use uh, you you know know, to figure out this case. I would go to that movie. <laughs> now, this movie that is a young man with Down syndrome who runs away from a nursing home to chase his dream of becoming a professional wrestler with Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson, and John Hawks. So is he the peanut butter falcon? I, I, I don't know. I, maybe that's his wrestling name. Uh, that, that, it could be his be wrestling a pretty name. good wrestling the, the name, peanut sure. butter. Um, Honeyland. Honeyland. All one word, Honeyland. Honeyland. So this is about a uh, a place uh, in a, it's an animated film, and so it's about a world of uh, bears and bees, and they all sort of live in this world, and then an evil, uh, what's the enemy of the bear? Uh Human, a human, humans. Okay, an evil hunter. Yeah, you're right. Hunters. An evil hunter uh, stumbles into the magical honeyland and is gonna, you know, mess up their honey, and so they have to go on an, uh, an epic quest to. I to would get also rid of that see that movie. movie, and you're pretty close on that one because it's the last female bee hunter and beekeeper in Europe who must save the bees 
from a family of nomadic beekeepers who invade her land and threaten her livelihood is actually a documentary, and it was one of the most awarded films at Sundance. Well, there you go. Almost. And uh, it looks like uh, we're running out of time right. here. We're, we're out, of out of time. All right. So, so why don't we... Uh, uh, we'll revisit this and talk about the movies when we see them and then actually tell people if they're worthwhile going to check it out or not. That seems like something you should do on a radio yeah. show of this nature. I think sure. so. Cool. All right. Well, let's throw it back to uh, Jody and Tony and what they got going on over there. Sweet. Thank you, Hank and Craig, for that. Brennan, you have big news. You participated in the Air Guitar Championships this weekend. Tell us all about that. Yes, yeah, so I was part of the 2019 uh, Saskatchewan Air Guitar Competition. Um, this is its fourth year in Saskatoon, um, and I have had the fortunate opportunity to be in every competition so far from day one. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. So uh, this year in 2019, uh, one of our sponsors, Nine Mile, we had it down there. Um, Glitch Gifts and Better Off Duds were the ones who put it on. And air guitar sounds just like it is. You get to pick a character, you pick a song, and you have one minute to rock out as best you can with your air guitar, which is then judged by a panel of judges. So you have you won this before then? This is something you've done and won? I don't want to brag, but if I was going to, I may be the two-time Saskatchewan air guitar champion. Now, I don't like to say that too loud in public because my fans will come swarming in but uh in the confines of the studio they can't find me here so super cool um and so the, the great thing is that the event is to raise money for charity so this year all the money went to um uh, girls rock camp um where girls get to learn music for a week and at the end of the week they get to record a song and uh have it cut on a cd and put on a live show and things and if you win the saskatchewan air guitar competition you get a free trip to toronto to compete in the national air guitar so, competition. So you've actually competed and gone to Toronto then yourself? Yes, I have. Twice. What, what a clever segue <laughs> by taking what I said and repeating it as a question. But yes, that's exactly what it was. So uh, basically then, like, I, I'm kind of confused by this. I've actually not seen this. So how many people usually try out for this? How many people make it? Or how do you go about getting involved in this? Uh, you can sign up through Air Guitar Canada. Um, traditionally, so far in Saskatoon, um, average year is anywhere from about five to eight or so competitors. But there's also a Brave Souls category. So if you're in the audience and you want to jump up and just go for it, you can. And this year, one of our Brave soul, uh, Souls uh, placed second. His name is Knight Rider, and he placed second this year. It's, okay, so is he like the Knight Rider? Uh, apparently, yes. I didn't quite catch where the name came from. I think it was actually given to him by one of the judges. But he didn't have a character, so they're like, you are the, the Knight Rider. Okay, because the Knight Rider is, I don't want to go into it, but yeah, the Knight Rider is like my favorite show of all time, and I love Baywatch, so I like Knight Rider just saying that makes me really happy. Yeah. Wow. It's <laughs> it's a good throwback. I'm, I'm, I still have the Hasbro car somewhere of, of my kit car. I have a picture in the kit. No big deal. We're talking 80s stuff earlier, so I just want to throw that out. Yeah. So no, it's a good it, Even though Baywatch is 90s, but it's, uh, you know, Hasloff is still one of my favorite actors of all time. So Okay. As you should. Um, so back to air guitaring. I mean, this is something that has to be experienced live because obviously on the radio, no one can see you. So it's just the song. So it is a visceral, immediate, in-the-moment kind of art form. It is, and that was actually the, the, the point. It was created by um, two um, students from, from Finland. They're art students, and they were trying to find new ways of creating art. And they decided that air guitar was 
sort of the last true form of art. You can't buy it, you can't sell it, you can't make money off of it, it's in the moment. And once you perform, it's gone, never to be repeated. And so it became this sort of movement they started. And part of the movement is if you're holding an air guitar in your hand, you can't hold a gun. So uh, make air, not war. And if you go to Toronto and, and win, and they also do the Brave Souls competition and then have finalists, and I think there's usually about 15 finalists or so, um, if you win the national one, you get a free trip to Finland to compete in the world air guitar competition that has people from all around the world. And it's live stream on the on the interweb. And uh, it's quite it's quite a big, big, big event. So I was going to just one question. Do you like practices? So you're saying it's like on the fly, but you must have like a it's, you know, synced with the music. You must have some pretty awesome things going into it. Yes, it's quite it's uh, if you're like a jazz performer, you do like improvised solos, right? So you practice the song, you know, the chord changes and you know what you like to do. But at the same time, when it comes time to do the solo, you might have certain spots you hit. But in between, you could do what you like. Some people probably have it very structured as far as a routine. Some people go up and wing it. I do a bit of both. There's certain there's certain spots I like to hit, but in between, I just kind of let the moment take me where I go. Wonderful. So what song did you perform? Uh, this year, I did uh, a song by Danko Jones. Um, there is a word in it that I can't say on the radio, but okay. rock hot, let's just say that. Um, and it was a short enough song. Oh, and you only have one minute. Sorry, you have a one minute opportunity to change the world with your air guitar. And the song was short enough that I could cut out 20 seconds and actually have a song from beginning to end and have my own full song from beginning to end. So That is beautiful. Okay, I something occurred to me when I, we, and we were discussing this before, and that was like karaoke versus air guitar. Mm-hmm. And that really, like, why don't more people air guitar when they go to karaoke? Like, if you're shy about getting up and singing because maybe you don't have a good voice or whatever, just, like, pick some ripping metal, like, hammer and song and just go up there and air guitar. Like, why don't people do that? I think people do it much more in private than they would like to admit. <laughs> um, but this is something I've been talking about with with uh, Mike from Glitch Gifts who uh, brought this to Saskatchewan. That really helped find it and, and get it going here. Um, I would love to do some events even somewhere in different spots around town once a month and have a special air guitar night or, you know, like come on up and try it out. Because once you try it, like air guitaring in public is such a different experience than than by yourself. So it needs to be shared. I think that's awesome. Uh, I love air guitar. So uh, I'm, I'm surprised that, uh, that it's such a big thing. I've never heard of this, so I'm really happy that you're able to tell us about this. This is cool. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a great venue. Everyone should go check it out. Um, this year, um, cast the magic dragon limb place first and i was third this year so we had some very stiff competition the mighty dragon kaz the mighty dragon sorry nice me and names yeah so we have someone new from saskatoon heading to toronto for the nationals which is great because we are one of the newest uh regions in air guitar so it's good to have someone else representing and coming back with new stories and pretty soon we'll be uh taking over the national air guitar competition i'm sure bring it bring it home out west Brilliant. Okay. Well, we are running out of time. Like a half an hour goes by really, really quickly. And I didn't really get a chance to say my piece this week. So I just wanted to throw down a couple of things comics-wise. A new book came out uh, this week that was Teen Titans Raven. It's actually a graphic novel. Um, There was a little excerpt from it that was uh, released on Free Comic Book Day. And it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It's an all-ages book. I would, you know, any 
especially young gal kind of between the ages of I'd say like eight and 14 would probably super super dig it because it's kind of like you know the angst of going to high school and then she's got all these powers and all this other stuff happening um, I really like the art style of it so I would highly recommend that and then one to put on your radar for next week um, it's released on Wednesday is Sea of Stars this is um, a new comic by Jason Aaron and Dennis Hollum and uh, art is done by Stephen Green and basically it's the story of a space trucker and his son who go out you know on kind of an epic journey and end up having a very wild ride so hmm. there's lots of cool comics all the time and of course we love them anything that you'd recommend tony um i just want to say common emblem common emblem that's what c3po says in the article Okay. <laughs> Common emblem. Wait, which will, which will be the, the title which, of my next uh, yes. sci-fi based it's, punk band? He, it's 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 good. a huge thing. It means something really big in this new Star Wars movie. Okay. Common emblem. You heard it here first. All right. Well, that's it for Punch Radio. Tune in next week at six o'clock sharp, where we'll have more of pop culture and the nerdy news. Thanks for tuning in.